We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Back for another week. Kel Dansby here, a riled up old man Andreas, riding for the culture today. On, in the Twitterverse, it is it is a sight to behold. Crazy right now. Uh, we got a packed show, tons of combat sports for you. But we got to go right in. Kanye West is full MAGA Kanye right now. He got the fitted on. Oh, excuse me, MAGA people don't wear fitteds. They wear like uh, trucker hats. <laughs> uh, with, the, with the Trump squiggly line signature on the brim. Uh, that looks like someone that's in cardiac arrest. And he's just riding out, making jokes about a sunken place. He is everywhere on Twitter right now. And Dre, you, for some reason, 
are in the minority for people and their feelings on Kanye West. Man, I don't, I don't know if it's even the minority. I don't know what it is right now. Seems but, like um, the minority. You're in the quiet, the quiet it, quotient right now. It, it, apparently, is you know, and I just feel it feels like Kanye West is driving a wedge between the community right now, and um, with these comments because there are people that are just like you know, dismissive, like, we can't really mess with Kanye, and then there's people that are just like, let's hear Kanye out. And my argument on this, you know, for one, discla- full disclaimer, I've, I've said this before, this is nothing new for me with Kanye. I've always said Kanye is a self-centered, egotistical, not- narcissistic dickhead. He's not smart. Um, his best years in making music are, are behind him, in my humble opinion. But you have to separate the artist and the, uh, the individual. And Kanye is not for y'all. And when I say y'all, I mean us. And I mean us as, the, as a community. Because it, the timing of this is impeccable. For one, I mean, he started this to promote an album more than anything else. Um, and everything here is very divisive. It's uh, very argumentative. He's taking a stance that's very unpopular with most of the African-American community. He's siding with Candace, uh, Candace Owens, who's a complete troll. Um, about, you know, she says Black Lives Matter is a bunch of whiners. Um, but what Kanye is doing is he's, he's really trying to stir up conversation and promote his album. But the one thing that he didn't do that people are forgetting, they're like, give him a chance. Well, I gave him a chance. He didn't speak up on Philando Castillo. He didn't speak up on Colin Kaepernick. He didn't speak up on Mike Brown. Like, he didn't speak up on any of these things. But now he's choosing to open his mouth. And now he's rocking up, Make America Great had it, and, and talking about Trump. And has Trump responded to him? Like, Kanye didn't talk about the young man who just stopped a, a mass shooting at a Waffle House. Trump he's, hasn't spoken about him either. Exactly. So it's, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, Chance the Rapper just said that, uh, you know, black people don't have to be Democrats. No shit, Chance. This is not something, this is not the conversation. The conversation is not about black people being forced to be liberals because we never really have been. I know a lot of people vote liberal because, vote Democrat because their their views align with ours. But I thought Hillary Clinton was a whack candidate. And I said that on the show a billion times. Like She was whack. She's, I never rolled with the Clintons. And a lot of pe- black folks are the same way. So this isn't about whether black people can be conservatives or Republicans. To be honest, if you want to be a Republican because, you know, you get the tax break, the views align with yours, that's your choice. But what Kanye is doing is dangerous because there are so many people that consider this man a genius and are unwilling to separate the artist from the individual. It, it, it's unbelievable how much traction this has gotten. And it all leads up to his album. The only person who can stop this right now is Drake. Uh, well, I think Jay Z can put a squadoosh on this whole shit. Well, no, uh, and, the, and the real reason I'm saying Drake is very tongue in cheek is if Drake <laughs> decide if Drake decides to drop his album the same day as Kanye's, oh, it's over. This, this shit will get silenced. Yeah. Um, no, Kanye's Kanye's doing what Trump did to win the election. He's driving the same narrative. He's using something he knows to be divisive knows to be a a lightning rod he's using symbolism through a a hat through a phrase he is doing everything that it takes to go viral and to get noticed and it works um the more you mention someone's name sadly for good or for bad the more people become interested the less casual they become the less nuanced they become. What people forget is that Trump was a nuanced, very, very, like, out-of-the-box, very small candidate when he started. He failed twice, right? Not, I mean, he failed running twice. 
No, no, no. I mean, uh, this is his first actual actual full like he, blown he, campaign. He, but he yeah. was never he never even got close to running a full blown ass campaign. Right. He's teased this several times. He was a niche candidate, and he found something. He found a phrase. He found objects, things that are tangible, that can spread, that can go viral, and it made him his platform and everything. He stands for bigger. Uh, just because we're geeks. Like, I, I watched the Batman movies. And it's what Alfred told Batman. He was like, just you, you're a man. But Batman could be so much more. The bat, it's a symbol. You could do a lot more as a symbol. That's what Trump did. That is what Kanye is doing. He is trolling the world into success. If we're being completely honest, Kanye maxed out his potential. He He's exceeded that potential, but he's capped out. His shoes and clothing are whack. Let's just say that. Kanye 2s, all that shit, cool. But I, I mean, for, for that, I rock Ultra Boost. All his new shit, trash. Those Kanye 5s, trash. Everything he's putting out with Adidas, trash right now. He's living off a name and hype beast. The music, not good. I like the last album. She had no longevity, no legs. He wasn't. He was being Chance the Rapper. I said it when it came out. It sounded like he took half a Chance's album and kept it for himself. Kanye's going with whatever he hears and whatever he thinks is hot. That's not Kanye the person. That is not music he can foster. You sit him in a room and just let him create. That's him being around other creative people. And using his power and influence to take their shit. Kanye is Donald Trump now. He's just the Donald Trump of our community. And it's just the latest example that shows that this type of bullshit works in 2018. And I hate it. And, and every time you tell me Trump's going to get reelected, and I'm saying, you're fucking wildin', you're crazy, and then shit like this happens, makes me think, I hate Andres because he's right. I mean, they it got sucks. the blueprint. It sucks. Yeah. It, it, I mean, look, look, it's, uh, there's a lot of things here to unpack because, you know, I think a lot of people are confused at what this argument or this, this, this dialogue is about. And um, it, in Kanye's case... You know, for me, it's just we need to stop looking at this man for a guy through life. Like he when he started tweeting all this help, self-help shit, this creative nonsense, like like and people were retweeting it like the gospel. I'm like, yo, your man around the corner could give you that advice. This is not <laughs> Kanye's not giving you like hands on help. He's not he's not standing for anything in particular. Um, and the, the thing about when you mentioned symbols, like the president is a symbol. And that's why. It was important for Barack Obama to be president to show our children that the ceiling doesn't stop at like a Congress, you know, as a congressman or or as a senator. You can be the president, and that's very important. Now, what Trump did is he catered to a demographic that is has been ignored, which is those middle class white men or those aspiring millionaires, you know, people that who are poor but think they can be rich. Um, that's what Trump catered to, the forgotten white man, and it worked. And it worked to a T because he, he did the timing was right. Barack Obama was just president. So you have people on the Tea Party was riled up. 
Um, you had white folks that were riled up that just didn't like Barack Obama. And Hillary Clinton was a whack candidate. I don't know how many times I have to mention this. It matters who runs on the other side. Hillary Clinton was trash. The only thing that people liked about Hillary Clinton, if we want to be completely honest, is she was a woman. Yep. That was the only thing. Aside from that, she was trash. Her husband was trash. And we had the nerve to call him the first black president. But this man endorsed the three strikes rule. It's like, come on, man. Mass incarceration happened under Bill Clinton's watch. He was he didn't shy away from this bombing of places like Kosovo happened under the Clinton's watch. Like when Hillary Clinton was trash at Barack Obama, people completely forgot about that. But those who did remember refused to vote for it. But it was a symbol. So when Trump got elected, it was a symbol for all these people who had these feelings to feel like they can come to their safe place and come out and say what they want. Now, Kanye is doing the same thing by empowering certain black people who don't know any better, who truly aren't engaged in politics, who truly aren't engaged in community and are armchair activists who only do it from behind a computer to step up and say, this man is up here for making changes. Like, come on, man. Like J. Cole works in the community. Like when he's not making it out, we've seen him. And I'm not saying this is the people that you have to look to, but there are certain individuals who actually work in the community, who actually put the, the and they're not on TV all the time. Kanye is not one of those people. Kanye doesn't know what's happening in Chicago right now. He's in Calabasas with his, you know, with the Kardashians. He, he's completely out of touch. The man had, I mean, he probably has a drug problem. You know, you talk about being hooked on opioids, but the man probably has a drug problem. I know people talk about mental health and all that, but I'm not willing to give Kanye that pass because he's been a dick for many, many years. <laughs> yeah, and y'all yeah, loved him because of that. Like y'all loved him when he when he came out in and said that Beyonce is the greatest artist or had the best video of all time. And Taylor Swift, I thought he was a dick for that because Taylor Swift didn't deserve that, right? And, and the, here's the other part of this, this conversation: is crazy with us as a community. We were so quick to come out and trash Taylor Swift for covering Earth, Wind & Fire September because she's white, right? But we're giving Kanye passes for speaking about Donald Trump? Son, like, you got, not all black people are on your side, family. You got, y'all got to chill with this. And all, not all white people are against y'all either. But it's like the things that y'all will come out for and give a pass to, y'all giving a pass to Kanye, but y'all... y'all like, it's because he's making an album. Like, y'all are hyped because he's, he's working with Nas. And Nas ain't said shit. I don't know what Nas is thinking right now. Nas is thinking, please just let this shit blow over so I can do my numbers. Yeah, but even if Because you can't album, align to him. Like, like at he, this point, he's toxic. You can't align to him. But it's more so, is it really an album? Like, these are real questions that we need to ask ourselves. Like, people ran with this news because Kanye tweeted it. Because once upon a time, the label was responsible for the album announcements, not the artist. Now we have social media and the artist can say when their album is dropping, but that doesn't mean the shit is dropping. I always point to the life of Pablo's rollout and how long it took and how many times he pulled the album back to redo it. Yo, you can't trust Kanye West. You can't trust him. So why are we leaving the future in that man's hands? That man's talking about running for president, and y'all be like, yeah, I'm going to vote for Kanye West. Fuck out of here. I ain't voting for no goddamn Kanye West. No one's y'all, voting for fucking Kanye West. I mean, shit, people vote for Kanye West. Yeah, if people, it comes with like, a pair of sneakers, they'll vote for his ass. Yo, people um, love and adore Kanye West because they think he's creative, he's bold, and, and some of these things are true. But you have to spot a fucking attention whore when you see it. When he, the peacock shows his feathers, you got to know what it is. And Kanye West is that peacock. He does shit for attention. He doesn't do shit to help the community. He's not an activist. You, you know, he talks about creatives, but he's always adored the attention of rich white people. He never cared about us. And now you're acting all surprised that he's doing this shit. I'm not. And, now you're, and those of you that ride with him, he ain't riding for you. He's riding trying to be with Ralph. Trying, <laughs> like, dog, he ain't trying. Like, he, he didn't align himself with Barack Obama. He was tight because Obama called him a jackass. 
But now he's got Trump's here. Now he's going to ride with Trump. Donald, Kanye West has always wanted the approval of white, rich white America. Always, from day one. The man said he was an underground rapper wearing a Louis Vuitton backpack. And he always talked about white designers and the shit that they did. The man has always been the way that he was, man. Now he's got access. And this is who he is. Y'all, stop being surprised, people. Yeah, I mean, he has that that OJ mentality that everyone laughed about when Jay-Z dropped the song, right? And then now it's okay for Kanye to be Kanye. He ain't black, he's Kanye. Like, he, he's, he thinks of himself, and he always has, above everything. And to see people in line, there's no reason to line and not to line. Like, just shut the fuck up. Like, at this point, it's like, cool, like, if you don't understand the situation, if you don't understand nothing... Just shut up about it. Let people have their opinions. They obviously looked into it more. They feel comfortable with sharing it. Then cool. The the debates and back and forths and I mean I just sat back and laughed and chuckled because it's ridiculous. We make it a point to disagree about a lot of shit on this show. We are very different, me and you. Yeah. When it boils down to common sense though, at the end of the day, like I the conversation between you and Glasses Malone, I couldn't say anything because it was ludicrous. Which one? That just <laughs> it started with the Kanye shit, though, right? Yeah, I mean the like, the, the one it, the one today was him saying, oh, I and see I you guess guys today. Well, <laughs> the one today where I think he was trying to say that you know black people used to roll with Trump until the media turned us against him. I'm paraphrasing here. And I said that's completely false because the media isn't, didn't say build the wall. The media didn't say that the, the uh, Central Park Five should have all stayed in jail. The media didn't, didn't you know, uphold the, the, the uh, values of the NRA. That's what Donald Trump did out in public. He didn't need the media. He, he spoke that into existence. Like, that was him. People, black people didn't, like, I never rolled with Trump because I knew what he was. Yeah. Well, like, I never, I, I never, and I see where he's coming. I never rolled, I wasn't necessarily anti-Trump. Because he was out of sight, out of mind. He was just a television guy. He was the apprentice. Like, I, I, I had no opinion on him. Like, he was a mobile, you know, I mean, not a mobile, but he was like a, a, you know, a businessman in New York and everyone knows about him and Trump Towers and people stayed there and blah, blah, blah. And that shit's in a million rap songs and all this stuff. And everyone was like, cool. It was just, he was a guy. He was a rich guy. There's plenty of them. Right. When his opinions came out, then people obviously stopped fucking with him. Like, I don't understand where glasses were coming from. Like, the black community turned on Trump because we gave him a microphone outside of his stupid little-ass show where he votes people off and said, what are your true feelings? He expressed those true feelings, and we're like, oh, we're not fucking with you no more. Yeah, and, and, and again, the, the thing I've always you know said about Trump is I don't even know how, like, Donald Trump, Aaron Coulter, Candace Owens, Bill O'Reilly, like, some of them, I'm not sure how much of their own shit they believe, but they know that they're speaking to a certain demographic that's going to support him, and yeah. that's what's important. Money and power so, behind that. Yeah, so it's like Trump could be saying things, and some of this shit, he'd be like, man, I don't believe this shit, but these motherfuckers are going to pay me to say it, so I'm going to say it. Like, they're advertisers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they look for the, the, that push from the community. And it's empowering. It's a frightening thing when you empower and embolden so many people to, you know, say, fuck Black Lives Matter. Like, people would have said that, like, a couple of years ago. Now they're, like, white people just coming out the woodwork saying, fuck Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and, now, and now black people are coming out and saying, yeah, y'all need to stop whining. Like, what? 
Like, for real? Like, the thing I wish was around right now, and I wish I, I haven't talked to him in years. Aaron Magruder, man, where's the boondocks when you need it? Bring it back. Like, come on. Yeah, that, that'd be great right now. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I feel, it, there's always been this push to be different. Um, especially in the black community. It, it's just kind of, to me, it's natural to what we do. We, we want to be different. We all want to stand out. We want to be great. People are now taking that to a very different level. That, like, to see what that chick wrote, I'm not even, I don't even care to Google or learn this young chick's name. You've said it several times. Um, I'll be on the record. Fuck her, too. Uh, but to see the dumb shit that she writes, the fact, the, the things as a black woman that she says as fact to defend Trump and whatever may be going on, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, she trashed that shit. Um, they had a slavery discussion, all this shit. Like, oh, someone the other day on Twitter, I forgot who they were, they said slavery wasn't that bad. Yeah. That, Black I people mean, wouldn't have all the opportunity today if slaves weren't brought here from Africa. Right, like neither was the Holocaust, right? Yeah. That's crazy. They, thank you. You know how many Jewish people are rich as hell right now? You think they want to stay there too? You make the best of your opportunities or your situations. Like, it, it just, it is what it is. Like, if they couldn't raise the Holocaust, they'd raise that shit and be right back home, wherever they came from, chilling in Germany still. Like, we're none the wiser. Um, you just make the best out of shitty situations. And it's incredible to see people now picking these things to be different. Just to blow up. Because to a certain point, I believe after a while you start to believe it. Oh, of but, course. But at a certain point, it's a gimmick. You just start living the gimmick. And it's an all entertainment, all day society we're in. The president is an entertainer. Never before this has he been a politician. Ever. He is an entertainer. These yeah. people are, they're hiring... 21, the Tommy Laren chick, who I hope they let Cardi B on the show one day so she just run her fade real quick. Some crazy. Uh, like, they're letting these people out of college, 23, 24, these people that just want to be known, that just want to be entertainers, that just want to be famous and create gimmicks. They're giving them a platform immediately and they get trapped in this platform. Yeah, I mean, and the other crazy thing is, I mean, if we want to liken it, because we, I get to talk about combat sports, it's like Mackenzie Dern, right? <laughs> Mackenzie Dern didn't have an accent until she got around a bunch of Brazilians, and now she has an accent, and now she like speaks fluent Portuguese, which is great. You speak their language, but then you become one of them as well. But you're not really one of them when you look at Mackenzie Dern. You're not, you're not Brazilian. We are <laughs> like you're not. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're from Arizona, ma. Like, we, but we it's got like, it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but this code switch happens. And like Kanye went from, you know, being a guy growing up in Chicago. Um, and, you know, he was a middle class man. Like this man wasn't growing up in, in like super duper poverty. Like Donda West took care of her son. And, you know, she was an educator. So, but, you know, as he, as he came up, he had aspirations to be something. And what he wanted to be, he didn't want to be Malcolm X. He didn't want to be Martin Luther King. He didn't want to be Michael Jordan. He wanted to be like Ralph. Like they, the, the shit that he wanted wasn't 
you know, you again, like I say, you spot a peacock when they show you the feathers the first time. When Kanye was making music early, I was like, mm, this guy's going to be a problem later on. I enjoyed College Dropout. I enjoyed be- my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I enjoyed um, Late Registration. I enjoyed Graduation. Um, but the, I even liked the 808 Heartbreak because I, I felt what he was going through with his mother. And his mother was always his filter. Now she's gone. We see this shit happen. But at a certain point, he got too rich. And, you know, you know, he was supposed to marry Alexis and he left her ass for a white girl. Just like he said in his in the gold digger yeah, ride. He never lied though. <laughs> he, he never lied. Like that's what he did. But his his aspirations were to always be a part of a certain community. And that community is not ours, and it never has been. He has never gone out on a limb to speak on behalf of black people. He just grew up around us, but he wanted out. And there's so many black people that are just like Kanye West who aspire to get out of poverty, but they don't aspire to reach back to help. They don't even aspire to move next door with other black people. They aspire to be in Calabasas where people don't look like them. And they code switch and they become something else and they forget who they are, but then they think they still are able to talk to that community like they've been there. Kanye has nothing to do with Chicago anymore. Nothing. Like, I'm... Forget what Chance is saying. I'm curious what Vic Mensa has to say about Kanye West. I'm very curious because Vic is very involved in Chicago, history of Chicago, and he'll fight anybody who says something nasty about Chicago and what they're going through. Ask DJ Academics. But you have people who aspire to be these things, and they, they, they don't align with us as a community. They aren't who we are. Like Colin Kaepernick, I commend people like him and Muhammad Ali because they didn't have to do the things that they did. Like Kanye West, Floyd Mayweather, same person. <laughs> like they're out for them they've never been about the community they, they be con- they're contrarian because it aligns with their beliefs because they're rich and trump will give you a tax break so he's not that bad of a person yeah what they what they fail to realize is that's always great when you're in the front when you're on top if, if there's any slippage like he better die on top at this point he better never stop being hot never stop making money because if there's a slip there is no safety net to catch you. You belong to no one. There was a tweet I found that I put in the group chat that there's this chick wearing an American or American fucking a Confederate flag T-shirt, and I think she called him a coon and said, "You're still a nigger. We don't need you over here wearing the MAGA hat." Like dead, dead ass. Like straight up. This is what she said, and. If he slips, those people won't catch it. Regardless, like those people, you without community, you you have no safety net. And he is trying to be Julius Caesar. He's trying to be this larger than life character. These kings, these people that people look up to in history books and movies are made about them, and. Shit to liken it to hip hop and when we're going the Tony Montana's, the drug dealers, the the Alpos, the all these people, they're larger than life characters. They're kings. Kids forever have grown up to want to be that. He wants to be the rich white aristocrat. He went out and not only fuck he didn't leave his chick for a white woman, whatever. He happened to leave his chick for a stripper. And then the stripper whacked out, broke his heart, and he was like, fuck this. Let me go get what I really want. And he went and got not a white woman because you can have white women. He went and got the first family of entertainment television. He went, he has these illusions of grandeur. He wants to be a Kennedy. And what he doesn't realize is that for him, there's no one 
holding him up to that status. There's no one. You're, you're not part of any community. You bought yourself in. And when you can't continue to buy your spot, there's nowhere else to go. And you will fall. Um, all They've all fallen. Tony Montana got fucked up. Like, drug dealers go to prison. Kings fall. Rulers fall. All this shit. Everyone people idolize. When they get to that level, they crash. And people always forget that. And we'll see. His crash will come. Because you can only live this fast and lose so fast. So long. His fall is going to come. And that shit's going to be ugly. The ugliest of ugly. And we're going to say, Welp. Fuck it. And toss him in a pair of ass busted sneakers that he just put out. People are buying <laughs> these for like $200 too. It's fucking ridiculous. You see these sneakers? They look yeah. like the LA gear joints. They used to be in the 90s. They just don't got lights on the bottom. These shits are atrocious. So, Kanye's lost his damn mind. Um, we talk about that all damn show. But yeah. we have more to talk about. Another article you wrote last week. It's kind of come to fruition. Hopefully, uh, it didn't go over people's heads. Hopefully, people took this in. Meat Mill. Someone else that had a, a quick movement around him. Meat Mill is free. And to continue on, like, kind of the same thing. It's incredible what you can do when you have rich white friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just those who, who are your friends due to agenda. Someone's made a good point. Like, yo, Robert Kraft is best friends with Meek Mill. He says, get Meek out of prison. The system's unjust. But his ass ain't signing Kaepernick, <laughs> who's saying the same shit. Right. So where do you stand on the stance? You don't stand on the stance. It's an agenda to make you look good, and you're getting someone you know out, your friend. A lot of the most racist people got three black friends. Of course they do. <laughs> and they're just like, no, I love black people. No, you know those black people. And in your mind, you allow them to be your friend. So, Meek Mill gets out due to the power of having rich white friends. Because believe it or not, before Kraft came out and said anything, before, you know, the Phillies, Philadelphia Sixers owner came out, and before this shit was on CNN, because white people spoke up about it, this free Meek Mill movement has gone on three times. He's been in jail three times off of the same... Damn shit almost. Locked up this time, there was damn near no hope in sight. Rich white friends come out of woodwork, he out in three weeks. Helicopter to the game. He ringing the bell for the Sixers. Uh, what'd you think of Meek's uh, I'm out of jail? And he, fuck it, he, he looked like the Monopoly man with the get out of jail free <laughs> card. He was happy yeah. as hell running when he got out. Um, Man, there's, there's so many things about the Meek Mill situation. I kind of voiced them before. Um, you know, I don't, like, I think, 10 years on probation or 12 years being on probation is extensive, right? In comparison to what certain white people have gotten for committing different crimes. Yeah. It's um, hard to do good for 12 straight years, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you know. For anyone. Yeah. I mean, it's not even just doing good. It's just the violation. In terms of violate probation, it's, it's, there's so many different things that you can do to violate probation that land your ass back in jail. So I think it was excessive, especially when the prosecutor and the uh, defendant, the defender, um, his, his attorney both said that he didn't need to go to jail, and the judge took it upon himself to say, no, fuck that, he's going to jail for two years. So that, that's kind of problematic because it feels like the judge definitely had it out for Meek Mill. Now, did Meek Mill kind of bring this shit on himself? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't 
we talked about this last week. He wasn't a political prisoner. He wasn't targeted because of his political beliefs. He was caught up in some shit when he was 18, uh, fucking around the streets, and uh, got him locked up. Now, the, the terms surrounding that arrest are going to be questionable because, uh, you know, there was an officer that said that, that that arresting officer did this all the time and lied on um, African-Americans to make sure they got longer sentences. Um, but the fact remains that Meek Mill was caught up in some bullshit He's never necessarily been an advocate for the streets, but he, you know, here he is, and he's rich, and he's getting locked up, and everybody rallied to his cause. Meanwhile, there's poor black people all over the world, poor black brown people, minorities, all over this country who stay incarcerated, who don't have access to a Robert Kraft or a Jay-Z or whoever. Um, but so me got out, and I'm like, I, it's not that exciting to me. Like, p- people are excited. I'm, I'm happy you got out because it shows what the power of people can do. But like you said, when you got rich right friends, shit happens. Um, but yeah, man, like, I'll be more impressed if Meek does something to give back or to shine a spotlight on the, sh- the ridiculous laws of this country that um, keep black and brown men in probation and basically tied in shackles for many years for making a mistake. Uh, I don't think everybody, everybody who commits a crime isn't a political prisoner, nor should they be free. But we, it has to, the justice system isn't just, and that's just the way it is. But I, I need Meek to do something about this. I don't need him to get out of jail and go make another dreams and nightmares and, and get rich and drive around in a motorcycle and do nothing about it. I need him to do something because they did something for him. Yeah, um, I wouldn't mind another dreams and nightmares. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I, I feel like it is an odd time right now, like. We're at the point of, I, I always hated the phrase growing up of like the token black guy. Right. Because like people seeing a group of white people like, oh, you're a token black guy. Like, no, nah, I'm just fucking chilling. Like, I got mad black friends. Like, what do you want? You want me to always just be around my black friends? Um, like, I'm just around a bunch of people. I never, in those moments, really understood the dynamic of like, I, I never thought personally that like, yo, my group of people my group of friends needed a token black guy. No, we're just all friends. I feel like now it's coming to the point of, which is horrible, but now I'm just looking around like, what is the motive of some of these situations? Are these people around just to be token black guys? Is Kanye Trump's token black guy? Possibly. Like, he's just, he doesn't retweet shit. He retweets Kanye. Of course. So he can say, look, I'm great with Kanye. Black people vote for me. And then the same thing with Meek Mill. It's like, yo, Rob Kraft's like, yo, listen, I, I got Brady. I can't, I can't sign Kaepernick. Mind you, I just traded my backup QB and got nothing behind Tom Brady. But listen, fuck it. I, I, I have no room for Kaepernick, but Meek Mill's my friend. I got him out of jail. Fuck the system. Like, it, it's, it seems like getting a token black guy is cool. And I yeah. feel like there's a, lyric, a Kanye lyric about being a token blackie. Sure, on, college, <laughs> on college dropout, uh, when he was wrong about being in the store, they prayed the token blackie. Now he just became it. Incredible how that uh, comes for a cir- full circle. So now it's, it's interesting to see, like you said, people latch on to the weirdest shit, too. They champion the weirdest things. Being a hype beast is, is so real right now. People like Free yeah. Meek Mill, Free Meek Mill. People like, yeah, you know what? I don't fucking like Meek Mill's music, but free him. Yeah, they want him free. I mean, again, I mean, it's almost poetic how it happened because a lot of people don't know this, but Meek Mill was freed on Mumia Abu Jamal's birthday, who's still locked up. 
and is going to die and breathe his last breath from behind bars for a crime that the evidence was tampered with. A lot of people don't think and he was a he's a true political prisoner. When I thought he Abu was going to get pardoned. No, by Obama. I thought that was going to no. happen. No, 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 no. No one's pardoning they, that, they changed. They commuted his, his death sentence to a life sentence. Oh, he's okay. Never, Something he's, switched. Yeah, he's never getting out from behind bars. That's not a consolation. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's, it, it sucks. But, I mean, the whole point is is that, you know, and, and, and Mumia's from Philly. So it's like, while y'all are out here rallying for Meek Mill, remember, there are so many political prisoners, true political prisoners, and there are so many people that are being oppressed by the system. And I know there's a lot of white people like oppression. Everything's equal. It's not fucking equal. You can look at it every day with the black bodies dropping from bullets that the shit isn't equal. But there's so many other things to rally behind. I, I was never one to say free Lil Wayne. I was never one to say free T.I. T.I. know what he did. Shit. And he never. <laughs> and T.I. And the thing I've always respected about T.I. is T.I. knew what he did. And he was the one that was just like, man, I made a mistake. I'm going to put my hands on guns again. So instead, I'm going to go back and help the community and tell them not how to fuck up like I did. And I respect that out of T.I. Lil Wayne said, I don't know what you're talking about, Black Lives Matter. What the fuck is that? Fuck Lil Wayne. So <laughs> it's up to Meek which side of the fence he's going to fall on. You know, and, and hopefully he takes the right stance and he says, you know what, y'all help me, so I'm going to pay it forward and help others who are in the same situations. Shit, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. At this point, hopefully, the, the biggest thing is hopefully people are just going to go full Kanye because you just can't go full Kanye. <laughs> like, this is what it's proven. Like, he's lost his damn mind. That That's all that's to it. Like, his, his wife got, got fucking... 18 different faces and her ass sits up under her neck. They're, they're having babies that this motherfucker had a surrogate for no reason. Like, it's he's living a whole different life. He's doing shit now. Like, he's dying. And he's just like, fuck it. Like, listen, I reached where I wanted to reach legit. Let's just see how far I can push it. And it's, a, it's, it's interesting to watch. Um, all right, man. Let's talk about combat sports. Fucking Kanye. Um, <laughs> we got boxing. We're gonna start with boxing because it's our shortest. Oh my god! Shortest segment. <laughs> you know, but it's like it's, it's from, from one ignorant fool to another. Let's go. Uh, no, I was gonna break up the ignorance. So we're gonna have like uh, an ignorant sandwich. So we'll put Broner as the other asset into the bun. Ooh, okay. Yeah. First, let's talk about Deontay Wilder because this is what I really care. about. Before we get to the stupidness that is um, Adrian Broner, Deontay Wilder said his team put put the contract on a flight, checked the bag, was willing to give Anthony Joshua the fifty million he said it would take guaranteed to get him to fight in the U.S. Fifty million and more than fifty percent of the purse to fight him in the U.S. for the title. Smart move or bad move? She no, didn't just say. I don't believe it. I believe it. And I'll tell you why I believe it real quick before you go. I believe it because Floyd was fighting twice a year for the same promotion, Showtime, for 60 mil guaranteed. He was fighting, sure, sometimes he had big fights. Other times, he was fighting Guerrero and Andre Berto, and they were still paying his ass 60 mil. Plus some, because he was his own promoter. So this ain't shit more than a, than a Floyd fight. One offshoot Floyd fight for the biggest heavyweight boxing match in a decade, maybe two. It, it's, it's worth the 50 million guarantee. So, does that mean it happened? Maybe not. He's just posturing, he's trying to, you know, blow smoke 
into the air and kind of smoke Joshua out and force him to take the fight. But if Showtime is willing to put up the 50 mil, I say that's smart. Bring it to the U.S., get your pay-per-view money, something you really can't get in the U.K. You're not selling pay-per-views at 2, 2 p.m. Give him the 50 mil. It's no more than a normal ass Floyd fight. Bring him out here. Give Wilder his, his 20, 15 shit more than he's ever had. Wilder thinks he's going to win. And then they got to sit back down at the table and cut the real checks. Um, if they want to rematch it and Wilder would get his comeuppance there. But 50 mil to maybe Wilder's 20. Floyd was getting 60 a fight. That's 70 for both people combined. You could swing that though in boxing. Okay. So here's why I don't believe it. All right. One, $50 million to pay Joshua. Who's, where's the recoup? Who's going to recoup this? Like, you don't think it does pay-per-view numbers? You don't I think, think it, it does pay. I think I don't it think, does 1.5, maybe 2. Is, does that justify that number? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going by Floyd fight metrics, yes. Yeah, but you're going, by, you're going by the wrong fighter. Floyd fights were far and away eclipsing what everybody else was doing. Okay, like, but Floyd did 1.5 a couple times. They still had to cash out. Yeah, but like Floyd's contract, uh-huh. like when Floyd, when Floyd signed that con- $200 million deal for six fights with Showtime. Correct. Um, which was six fights, four. That was more like $35 million a fight, right? Guaranteed, plus pay-per-view revenue. Deontay Wilder has a proven... What, the, what's his face? Two of those fights blew it out the water, by the way. But, well, that's what Showtime knew, first and foremost. Showtime knew that the Pacquiao fight was going to land somewhere in this six-fight deal. And the Canelo, they, right? They were both within the six. I don't Canelo think, was within the six. I don't think they, but I don't think they knew Canelo. I think no, they knew yeah. Pacquiao, and they, and they knew that Pacquiao was going to break all kinds of records. Correct. So that that they could recoup that kind of money, and more importantly, for the most part, everybody that Floyd fought, yeah, they they had their highest payday, but it was like two, three million, four million, five million. Like Shane Mosley, like they weren't getting big money. Like Floyd was getting big money, but. Floyd was generating the revenue because people wanted to see him lose. Correct. Deontay Wilder hasn't proven to be that kind of a draw yet. He hasn't even had a pay-per-view fight. So to offer to say my team, which means Al Heyman, is going to give you $50 million. Now, Eddie Hearn, like Hearn knows that Joshua makes about $15 million overseas. Easy. Fighting anybody. Yeah. So I mean, that's three times. That's what Joshua asked for in the what? video. But, and all he did was put the video up and say, I got you. So I believe, so what I believe is that, yes, both sides want to make this fight happen, but there's going to be a pissing contest to get it done. Similar, not, it's going to not be as hectic as Mayweather and Pacquiao. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, the argument here is, what do you have to give to Anthony Joshua to lure him to the States? Because he doesn't need to do this shit. He doesn't need it because, I mean, shit, if he loses the decision, it's going to be a robbery. That's going to be the first thing anybody says. <laughs> he's going to want to fight in front of his home country because he's going to want, you know, those 80,000 that they get stuff into Wembley Stadium versus whatever we're going to do here, which if the fight ends up in Vegas is what? You know 18. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. So Golden Josh, Knights just topped out at 18. It's all we fit. So, the, so Joshua stands to still make more. There has to be. I just I don't believe that they're just going to give Joshua fifty million. No other fighters made fifty million dollars. Why would Joshua get a guaranteed fifty? Uh, that's not true. Well, who, I mean, other than Conor McGregor. Okay, right. all right. Hey, and, and Manny Pacquiao. But I'm, but I was I'm about saying, to say nobody, that's not true. That's three. But, but fighters who have never done pay per view before aren't going to jump in and just cake up at 50, 60, 70 million. I get I get what Wilder's trying to do is call Joshua's bluff. Yeah, he's but calling I, like. But, but there's going to be the numbers. 
you know, ultimately, Al Heyman and Eddie Hearn, and Hearn have to sit down and have this conversation about how this money is going to be split up. The fight needs to happen. We all know that. Where yeah. the fight happens is going to be a question. Is there a rematch clause? And, and the difference between Floyd and them is when you win, does it make you a bigger star? Because, like, Floyd was already at the pinnacle. Like, he was at the top. Joshua was big overseas. But if he beats Deontay Wilder, does uh, he just take his ass back to, the, to his home country? I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, at, at that point, you have the, the U.S. fan base built in. I, I think he definitely goes back and fights at least once a year. Um, in his home country, maybe he comes back here. You know, dependent. Uh, pay-per-views is a motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, one the, the bigger question is, I'm at home, right? And, and like, I'm in my house right now talking yeah. to you. And they, they, somebody pays me $15 million to sit at home. And then somebody offers me $20 million to fly across, across the country in a foreign territory to do the same thing. You're going to stay at home I'm, and be comfortable. <laughs> right. So Josh was in a position where he could stay at home and be comfortable. And, you know, they're trying to lure him out. But, you know, maybe they're calling his buff. But is it going to be enough? I don't know. I don't know. It's I, worth I it if you think Wilder can win. And people think Wilder can win. And I'm not mad at that. And that, that's, that's what it's worth. That just, you, you roll the dice and you say it's worth the thing because we are going to one. It puts whoever wins. It's not going to be a boring fight. At this point, we know that we see well, them against other top level competition get rocked. Both of them got rocked and they did rock in. So it's not going to be boring. They don't know how to be boring. We'll see about can. Tyson Fury. Eventually, in all their fights, it's been like fuck. It's it's worth the price of admission. Yeah, yeah. I just it's just I'm wondering like who comes out of this a big star like Floyd? Heavyweight boxing does, and whoever yeah. wins, heavyweight. <laughs> yes, and that's fantastic. But it's just like you gotta you know the boxing is about the name right now. So it's like when Floyd Mayweather fought, like you knew what the return was because there was always interest in Floyd, even at his worst against Andre Berto when he was, he had already cast out. He was still drawing bigger pay-per-view numbers than Gennady Golovkin in a fight that was completely not competitive against Berto. I just don't know if Deontay Wilder becomes a... Even if he beats Joshua, does he become a superstar? Does he become, like, you know, because there's, there's De La Hoya, there was Tyson, De La Hoya, then it was Mayweather and Pacquiao. Is Deontay, if Deontay Wilder wins, he's that guy. Because if Joshua wins, I think I'm so. not sure. I don't, like, that, that's such a big thing. Or does he become Lennox Lewis, who is a great guy, or Vander Holyfield, who fought on pay-per-view, but they never really were, like, huge stars. But they were th- stars. To be fair, their knockout records were not these guys' knockout records. No, not until they meet each other. And, you know, and also, to be fair, the heavyweight division is, eh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like not- whoever wins this, it's not like they go through murderer's row after, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to get three fights where people are going to know who they are now and going to be mesmerized by their Tyson-like power. It's not like Tyson was fighting fucking the best of fighters when he was making his run. People showed up because they knew it was going to be done in three rounds, and it was a spectacle. But first, he had to put his name on the map. Whoever wins this puts their name on the map. Heavyweight boxing back on the map. And people aren't going to know that they're fighting a bunch of tuna cans and knocking them the hell out. They're not. Yeah. And then they come back together and they fight. I mean, Again, bottom line. They're going to have to run hope- this back whenever. Like two I just years, hope they figure this out. That's all. I hope they figure this out, get this fight done, because it's a fight people want to see. I hope that it doesn't linger too long. I think it's worth maybe maybe 50 mil is a stretch. Um, but if if you can go 30, if you can tell Joshua, yo, I'm doubling what you've made in a fight. 
to bring it over here, do pay-per-view, and you get pay-per-view points. Not like you got that before. Plus your cut of the purse. Let's say we go 60-40. Plus pay-per-view points. Plus you're getting the 30 mil guarantee to Wilder's 15, 20 mil guarantee. Come to the U.S. It's worth it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. To have the biggest heavyweight boxing match in a decade. It, it, it's completely worth it. Um, ah, the other end of the sandwich. <laughs> we are talking about officially your boy, Adrian Broner, who says he won the fight clearly this past weekend. The judges have no damn eyes and was upset by receiving a draw. Tell him he's wrong, Dre. Uh, he's wrong. Okay, look. <laughs> For one thing, I'm not mad at the draw. I personally had Jesse Vargas winning seven to five, but uh, I'm not mad at the draw. Oh, it was, I'm not it was mad a, at it either. Yeah. 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 Um, but Broner did everything that I said he was going to do. He started off slow, um, but he started like I thought that you know when when it's it's clear that Adrian Broner is the most frustrating fighter I think ever. Because, you know, people say, well, what about Zab Judah? Well, Zab Judah at least unified the welterweight titles. Um, and then Katsuzu just knocked him the fuck out. Broner, on the other hand, like when he shows that he, he wants to put things together, he's a great fighter. But he's, his ego is so ridiculous. Like he admires his work and he thinks – like he doesn't listen to Kevin Cunningham just like he didn't listen to Mike Stafford. He fights the same way. He fights in spurts. He only can switch. And I swore that uh, Al Bernstein must have read my article. Because I've said this like a, a, a lot, that, that Adrian Broner doesn't smoothly transition from offense to defense. He stays in one mode or the other. And he allowed Jesse to dictate the pace. He's um, the, he stayed in defensive mode way too long. And his, yeah, like, his corner was pleading with him to open up. Kev, and he Kev, wouldn't do it. Kev, like he got a new trainer, but it did nothing because Broner fought the same damn fight. Because He did I, open I, up earlier, though. It wasn't early enough. He had gave away damn near six rounds. It was like five to one. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and the then thing he was. Started letting it go on the counters. And once again, I made this very clear that from the beginning. I never thought Jesse Vargas was that good of a boxer, but he has a, great, he has a ton of heart, but I don't think he's that good of a boxer. Adrian Broner is a better athlete than Jesse Vargas. He should have beat Jesse Vargas, but he didn't. And it's a detriment to himself. It's not. And because Jesse Vargas just wanted it more. Like Jesse Vargas didn't go in there thinking he was going to win. He fought to win. Yeah. Adrian Broner just thought he was going to win. He just thought he'd put some punches together and get Jesse out of there. But Jesse was going to the body. He fought a great fight. He did everything right. Broner's talent shown through, and that's why we got to draw. They should absolutely do a rematch again because neither of them have anything else to do unless Amir Khan wants to fight Adrian Broner, which I'd be very interested in. Yeah. But then, Adrian. I mean, Amir Khan just knocked the dude. Amir Khan will probably piece Broner up. He, but I don't mind seeing it. Like, there's not too many places for Amir Khan to go. He wants to fight Kell Brook. Um, he's, I, you know, I don't Called know. Out if Errol fight. Spence, I believe. Yeah, he don't want that. But, um, <laughs> he wants that. Errol Spence wants that too. Give me that of, check. Of course, Errol wants it. But uh, you know, the case of Adrian Broner is like this is who he is, man. The man's, you know, he's not blowing people out of the water. What was it? One forty-four and a half. This fight. Yep. He's not. He's not. He's not what what we thought he could have been. He's not that disciplined. He doesn't listen. He does what he wants. And he has ridiculously crass interviews afterwards. I thought Jim Gray was going to punch him in the face. <laughs> but he still has the talent to be what we thought he could have been, which is I'll, what's frustrating. Yeah. Some of those counters that he had and the quickness and just rocking back and forth, the ability to kind of elude punches, slip punches, and then throw the counter, 
He just doesn't do it frequently. He chooses not to be the guy we know he can be, which is the most frustrating part. Yeah, it's a conscious effort to be shitty. Like I watched that fight because you know people hit me on my doing play by play. I was with my family, so I watched the fight at like three in the morning um, after I watched UFC, and I was watching it. And I was angry. Like, the whole fight, I was angry. I was just shaking my head. I was like, this is so fucking ridiculous. Like, this guy's in the main event against a guy who he sh- he's more talented than. And he's just allowing Gar- uh, Jesse Vargas to dictate the pace. He's allowing Jesse Vargas to get these body shots. In. He's not making him pay for sticking his chin out there. It was just really frustrating watching Adrian Broner. But this is what we get. That's who Adrian Broner is. So, again, like just like Kanye West. When, he showed, when the Peacock shows you his feathers, and, and Broner showed us this a long time ago, who he was as a fighter, we got we to take it for what it's worth. He hasn't improved one bit. He's the same fighter, just in a higher weight class. This is the show of they were who we thought they were. Yeah. Kanye like, West dude, showed us. Broner showed us. Like, like it, It's the theme of the show. Like Jay-Z said, you was who you was before you got here. Like you, We, we should have known what you were. Like None of this stuff disappoints me. Kanye doesn't disappoint me. Adrian Broner, he is disappointing. But when I fight, I'm like, it fr- it's frustrating more than disappointing because like, now you're just going to do it. Like Prove me wrong. I, I would love for people to prove me wrong. But the majority of them can't. And Broner can't prove me wrong. He won't. Not even that he can't. He can. He just won't. Yeah, it's frustrating to say the least. Um but he did just enough to get the draw, and he'll still sell. Because I maintain that he's one hell of a B-side. Because you want to see him lose. You want to see him get his ass whooped. And he's, unlike Floyd, he's just bad enough to still take that good ass whooping. Yeah. Um, Which is always entertaining. Uh, yeah. But the undercard was great. Charlo coming through. I, I thought it was I going. I call it great. I, once again, <laughs> didn't we talk about this last week? You're like, oh, it's not great. It's, I, loved, I love lopsided fights. I love when people dominate. I'm a Yankees fan. I don't want parody. Just boat race everybody. And that's what we saw. Charlo, I gave it four rounds. He finished that shit in two. Yeah, he beat the brakes off of Centeno. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and now everyone at 160s look around like, oh, not it. Yeah, I mean, dude, 160 is very interesting division. I mean, 160 and 154 are very interesting. Uh, because of these goddamn Charlos beating the shit out of people. And it, it, it's fun to watch. And it was also fun to watch Jermell get into it with Adrian Broner and Javante Davis backstage. Because uh, I don't think either of them want to fight him. Uh, because he's much bigger, of course. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, he, he looked good. I, I, I like See, I like fights like this. Like, I don't call them great. Like, you call them great. I don't call them great. I like it because it makes it, the shit end faster. Because there's so much fight, so many fights that I have to watch. I like short entertaining. Nights. Yes, they are entertaining. Yeah, I like I like them to get I like knockouts, but I like I like competitive fights, man. I'd much rather see a Diego Corrales, Jose Luis Castillo. Yeah, you love than... the sweet science? Oh no, that was still a brawl kind of. It yeah, was just a lengthy was... brawl. <laughs> yeah, like Gaddy and War, but those I mean there, it, there was competition. Like yeah. when Tyson was rolling over these people, that was spectacle. And what uh Charlo did was straight spectacles. He blew Centeno out. Yeah. Um but let's talk about the other guy. Javante. Um Javante Tank Davis came through in a big way. I think we both agree toughest test yet yeah. in this fight. Uh, you know, great crowd. It was close to the Be More DMV area. People came up. The crowd was rocking for him. Uh, you know, he said he was sick that last time out in the Mayweather-McGregor card when he had his last huge platform. Didn't have his best showing. Still had a stoppage, but didn't look great. This fight was the opposite of that. He looked focused, talking about, you know, uh, 
he tra- changed trainers or just moved his camp. Yeah, I believe um, this time he looked focused. He talked before the fight, but when it came down to it, he was prepared. It was all business, and he was moving at a different speed all fight long, for as long as it lasted, which wasn't long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the things that I took away the most was showing his discipline like to go to the body uh, against Cuellar was impressive. Um, a lot of young fighters just start headhunting when they see they got somebody hurt. But Javante was he was he went to the body, he went to it well. He's fast, he has great counters. He looks good, man. I'm still the, and I still say the jury's still out on because he hasn't really been hit yet. So I'm, I'm still would like to see what happens when he faces some adversity. Uh, but Cuellar was supposed to be a, a tough fight, and he just kind of ran ran him over. So um, I'm interested to see how they match him up next i hope it's the winner the tevin farmer and i can't remember who tevin's fighting um but right now in a second but that's where tank needs to go the place where he doesn't need to go is against lomachenko he needs to stay far far away from that fight especially right now (laughs) yeah let's let's keep him away from that um but floyd thinks it's a good fight for him and i understand they they want pay-per-view like i said once you go to pay-per-view you're usually a pay-per-view fighter so, I mean, the kid having his first pay-per-view at 24 when guys like Golovkin have it at 32. Um, Crawford, I believe, had has one under his belt at, like, 29. Yeah. And that was a weird one. Like, we didn't know why that was on pay-per-view. The Victor Postal fight. Nobody yeah. wanted to watch on HBO. I get it. Uh, <laughs> it was forced to pay-per-view. Um, you look at guys like, you know, Thurman and Spence who don't have any. So you're looking and you're like, okay, once you're a pay-per-view fighter, it kind of gives you that that notch under your belt. So I get it. We've seen Canelo benefit from it, uh, facing Floyd and kind of getting the rub there and being a pay-per-view star. You mentioned he had the Mexican backing, which carries the numbers, which is true. But I I feel like Tank getting an early pay-per-view under his belt wouldn't be bad. It's just it's hard to justify him taking a loss. But it's boxing. Like, it's stupid, though, right? It's like I, I despise... The Jordan effect on basketball, and I now you know I've always despised the, the thought in boxing that you can't take losses. Some of my favorite fighters took losses. It's what you do when you're winning. Is what I'm judging you off of. Like shit happens. You can lose. I'm not gonna you know football. I don't care. Like Tom Brady lost two Super Bowls to my Giants. That motherfucker's still the, probably the best quarterback ever. Because he's won a ton as well. So I, I don't hold it against him that he lost. I, I've never been in that mindset. When you make it to the pinnacle of something and you come up second or you come up just a little short, that doesn't mean you're not going to get back there and win. And a lot of people do. So that's stupid to me. Him taking a loss to Lomachenko, it's rough at this age, but I understand the risk. I understand daring to be great for the, the benefit of the long haul. Well, there's two issues with this. And, and Floyd just must not like Javante Davis because I don't know why he would <laughs> want to do this to him. Yeah. But the issue is, is that the fight's not big enough yet, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's why it doesn't need to happen yet because the fight's not big enough. That's from the business side of things. From an accomplishment side of things, he's not ready for that kind of smoke with Lomachenko. I think Javante needs a few more fights to season himself up to get ready because – Young fighters, yes, losses don't necessarily destroy a fighter's career. A lot of fighters came back from losses. Not everybody retires undefeated. I mean, shit, Muhammad Ali lost. We still call him the greatest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayweather's created that whole O thing, but nobody stays undefeated. Everybody loses. Uh, but for Javante, 
he's breaking into the spotlight, whereas Lomachenko's headlining cards. Javante hasn't headlined shit yet. Yeah. So he needs to get to that place first. Um, and I li- again, I like to see him, you know, face other competitions. You know, 130, there's, there's some guys there that hopefully he could fight. Yeah, Machado um, is there um, who has a belt, which is pretty good. Yeah, there, there are guys that, that he could fight other than Lomachenko. They can build towards Lomachenko fight uh, because it's not like, you, you know, Javante fight, Davis is fighting Lomachenko and they're on the same playing field. Lomachenko is clearly light years ahead above everybody else. He's not your average fighter. So there's really no reason to rush it with a young fighter. You know, not right now. Um, the case with Canelo, yeah, he always had that back. And so when he lost to Floyd, it was forgivable because Mexicans don't give a fuck about an undefeated record. They, like, they just <laughs> want to see you fight. They, like, they just want to see great fights. And so we should all adopt that person, that idea and that persona is like, look, you can lose a fight and I'm going to still support you. But it's different for black fighters. Black fighters don't have a country supporting them. So if Javante were to lose, people would probably abandon Javante Davis. It's sad, but it's true. Um, so it's, it's tough, man. Like, I'd like to see Javante get a few more fights on Showtime, um, and, and headline a card, you know, in the next year or so before you really start talking about pay-per-view because he ain't drawing shit for pay-per-view right now. No, it'd definitely be just for the, the experience of it and to boost his career to the next step. Um, it's just hard to do so against a guy like Lomachenko, right? That's just not the guy you use to boost your career. It's, it's the worst fight. It's, the, it's like, it's the worst fight possible because you don't man you don't want that kind of a fight because no. and at least guys, canelo knew mayweather wasn't getting him the hell out of there yeah like you're gonna I mean, take a loss but you're not gonna take a beating some guys don't know how to come back from a loss i don't know if javante can come back for a loss but why try it now when the money ain't even right um it's not it's not a big fight yet people want to see it but not even enough people know who either fighter is to for it to be a big pay-per-view fight no, that's that's fair. Um, I want to see it eventually, though. Just yeah. not right now. <laughs> you know, as long as Javante keeps winning, you know, we'll eventually see it. Um, one other thing I want to touch on before we move on to MMA and pro wrestling. Uh, Keith Thurman has vacated the WBC title due to injury. Uh, the WBC has ordered Sean Porter and Danny Garcia to fight, which means that Garcia can't go anywhere, but he has to now fight Sean Porter. Um and I guess this kind of works out for even for Keith because Keith is now the mandatory to be the first person to try to get his belt back. He has two titles, so he wants to get the WBC back. Um, and now we finally get you know Danny Garcia and Sean Porter get to fight. So I'm I'm actually kind of happy about this. Uh, it's not bad, um, you know, for just sake of seeing something different. It'd be nice to see Garcia. I don't know. I mean, it, once again, it's a retread, right? Like. I wanted to see Errol Spence jump the line and fight the winner of Porter and Garcia. But when Thurman has the, oh, I come back whenever the hell I want and I get my title shot, it's hard to see that happening. Unless Thurman's okay with taking a warm-up fight elsewhere. And I believe if the mandatory doesn't come through, you are then free to pick your own fight. In which the winner of Garcia... And Porter would then be free to fight Errol Spence, even though he's not the mandatory. He's not the second in line. Um, and Thurman Spence for three belts is very interesting. Well, yeah. I mean... Um, you, one, in my mind, I just want to build that fight to be as big as possible. And, and it's still big if Thurman comes in with one and you know Spence come in with one or whatever it may be. But uh, no, I, I like the idea that, you know, 
get as many belts possible before you guys face off against each other. If they could go two and two, it would have been great, but Thurman's not active enough. No, and it, he used to be, but it's due to injury. And the thing about uh, Keith Thurman is this, and Keith Thurman came in, wanted to fight everybody, willing to fight multiple times a year, and he's adopted a championship mentality, which I don't like how he wears it. I don't like how Keith Thurman wears being a champion. Um, you know, he's kind of a dick to Sean Poirier. Like, you got to wait. Like, he's, he knows he's on top of the mountain, but he's acting like it. Mm-hmm. And it makes him look like he's avoiding fights. Where he should be like, he should be saying, look, man, I got to satisfy my mandatory, and then I'm coming to fight you. But the way he does it, like, with the way he says, oh, Arrow, we're going to fight, but it'll be, like, two years from now. Like, don't say that. Shut the fuck up. Like, don't <laughs> tell people that it's going to – like, even though the business would dictate that it's probably a ways off due to how the sanctioning body function due to you satisfying your mandatories, the average person doesn't know that, nor do they care. So don't say that. Like, say, yo, we're, like, we're going to fight eventually. Like, even Anthony Joshua was like, you're going to fight Deontay Wilder first? The real answer is I don't fucking know. Let's get the businessman in there and figure it out. But I want to fight him. Say shit like that. Say, if I'm Keith Thurman, say, look, you want a piece? You can get some. Danny Garcia can get some. I'll fight both of y'all in a handicap match. I'm going to beat both of y'all asses already. <laughs> like, say what you got to say to make the fight happen. But, you like, you you know, every the insiders know that you just can't fight whoever you want whenever you want. Um, and there's also there's a lot of things in the welterweight division because Errol Spence is not ranked by the WBC. He's only ranked by the IBF because he's their champion. Um, and they got a guy named Terrence Crawford that's lingering out there too. So there's a lot of moving parts to getting great fights made. But I'm so sick and tired of Danny Garcia and Sean Porter not fighting each other. If this is how we got to get there because Keith Thurman's hurt, so be it. And I'm I'm here to see that now. Keith, they do need to fight, and that is long overdue. Yeah, they they need to fight. Keith is you know he's going to come back from injury probably late summer. He'll take a warm up fight in the, that time. Porter and Garcia will have fought. So the timing will be just perfect for Keith Thurman to get the first crack of that WBC title, whoever it is. Because both fights were actually pretty good with Thurman and Garcia and Thurman and Porter. Meanwhile, Spence has a mandatory that he's looking to clean up in June. Um, Crawford's going to fight Jeff Warren to take his title uh, in June as well. And there's a lot of business to be made. There's a lot of shit that could happen. The next two years in the welterweight division are going to be very interesting. So I'd like to see how this thing shapes up. Yeah. We'll see. It, it's a complicated division. I feel like sooner or later, it should just be easy, right? Like, why can't we just have tournament-style fights when there's this many good fighters and get one champion? Yeah, sanctioned bodies, man. Champion sanctioned bodies. It could just be so easy. Like, everything's got to be complicated. Yeah. And some dumb shit. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Come back, wrap it up with UFC and wrestling. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, before we continue to talk more combat sports, we got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free. 
Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping. And Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you are satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping. By, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. Make it happen. But now it's time to get back to talking combat sports. So stay with us. What up? See, quick break. We didn't lie to you. We are back and we have to talk UFC. Not a ton of UFC to talk about. Thank God there wasn't a bunch of wild shit or this show would be five hours long. Um, but we do have to talk about UFC Atlantic City. Went down over the weekend. I feel like there's a million UFC cards still. Uh, Atlantic City, though, good card through and through. We'll start, I would kind of jump around instead of going like straight through the thing. I want to start with Frankie Edgar. Because why not? Um, amazing story behind Frankie's fight this weekend. His father just passed away. He came in, um, didn't skip a beat, consummate professional, went out there. It wasn't even a close fight. Unanimous decision over Cub Swanson. And shows that he's still one of the top, top fighters of this division. I Two things. One, I will say it again, the fight didn't do it for me. And I, stay, I will say it for the same reasons that I've always said it, in which it's not the biggest knock on Frankie Edgar ever. It's when he's not fighting people who are the upper echelon 1% of that division, the shit looks boring and he makes it too easy. And not in the good way, not in the exciting way that I was just championing, you know, in boxing, where you're just running through people, knocking them out. No, he makes it too easy. And I'm just going to drag into deep waters. I, I'm going to show you that you are outclassed technically. He, Frankie Edgar is the excellence of execution in MMA. And he just fucking grinds on people. Can't match his pace. You can't take it to the ground. You can't do any... And it just looks ugly and easy. And it's 15 minutes of you just getting outclassed and schooled. And it's like, ah, all right, whatever. So the fight itself didn't do it for me. But it also made me think, I hate, hate, hate that he didn't wait for Max Holloway. And that he actually took that fight. Because that could have been a change. He looked great now. Going against someone... Like T-City on short notice, who has a very particular skill set and is a very dangerous fighter, did not do Frankie Edgar justice. Um, all right, so I guess to rebut what you just said, uh, did Floyd Mayweather do it for you when he fought? No, I like the spectacle around the fights. You know I didn't care about the in-ring fights. Okay. So <laughs> clearly no. you have a type. Like, you have a type. I do have fight. a type. And that's that's fine. Um I, Big Frankie breasted Edgar. women and knockout fights. All right. Um, <laughs> Frankie Edgar's, I've always liked what Frankie Edgar does. I, I, I love to watch him fight because he's, you know, did Bret Hart do it for you in the ring? I did. Like, just I, I, I was a huge Bret Hart fan, but I was um, more off of being like a, you know, growing up in the 90s, the shades, the whole persona. I was, I was huge on Bret Hart. But trust you me, when Shawn Michaels came out and then they had the feud and they had the match, I jumped ship and I went to HBK. So HBK yeah. is my number one fighter, and it's the flash. 
It's the pizzazz. It's all of that shit that, that made me jump shit. Brett is still okay. number two, but my Wi-Fi is named Shawn Michaels, and that's my 5.0 or whatever, and my 2.4 is Bret Hart. Wow. Um, so, yeah, like Frankie, he does this against everybody that's not a champion or about to be a champion. He, do, he pretty much dominates them. And Cub, it was a fight that we've seen before where Frankie finished him with a neck crank in like the last 10 seconds of the fifth round or some shit like that. Um, and it was a three-round fight, and he did what he had to do to get get the win. I didn't, this, I didn't think it was an ugly fight. I just thought he outclassed Cub. And Cub is a really good fighter. Like, he is. Cub is he's top five in that division right now. So it's like, I, I can't say he didn't do it for me. I enjoy, like, I... I'm one of the few. I enjoy watching Floyd Mayweather fight. I like the nuances of yeah. the technical skill. I like to watch what they do. You're yes, the same I, in MMA. You love the sweet yeah. science of both. I, I like technical. I like I like to see guys, you know, their fundamentals. I like to see, you know, how they put things together. And Frankie, the way he changed takedowns or the way he his footwork, I love watching. Like Dominic Cruz, I like watching his footwork. Um, Pro wrestling, but, you, lo- you love the strong style. And the Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. stretching people the hell out. I like it because it's like these are unique angles. It's kind of like when I listen to MCs, you know, I don't like the it's not I'm not about your energy. I'm about what, you, what you're saying and how you put your words together. So I'm, I'm very intricate in that way. And that's how I like watching my fights. And Frankie Yeager, he does that for me in that sense is the way he puts his fights together, the way he plans his things out, the way he moves, the way he cuts angles. I enjoy watching Frankie Yeager fight. The one thing I will agree with you on is after watching that fight, I wish he would have waited for the Max Holloway fight because I hated fighting Brian Ortega on short notice and relatively short notice and then, you know, get knocked out in the first round. You know, I mean, I think that Frankie, if, if Ortega loses the, to Max Holloway, Frankie will probably get that fight with Max unless Max decides to jump up to lightweight and challenge whoever the champ is or however that's going to play out. Um, but, yeah, he might be out of a title opportunity for the next year. Um, you know, if right now the best thing Frankie Edgar could do is wait to see what happens uh, with the recently announced fight that's going to be here in Vegas between uh, T City and, and Max Holloway, but uh, for the the late edition injury, just stay ready and, and yeah, try I to mean, do the reverse. Just hop in and grab an interim belt or maybe the actual belt. Yeah, like you you stay ready, but uh, you know don't take any fights in between. Uh, it's not worth it because you can beat everybody else, so it's not worth your time. Because um, Frankie is a, he's he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's one of the best fighters that we've seen recently. You know, he loses tough fights, but, you know, he never gets just completely blown out until he did by Ortega. Uh, but other than that, you know, again, it's just, I mean, he's got one of the, my favorite entrances. I mean, anybody who comes to see big the best control, <laughs> you know, that energy. It's like, I love watching Frankie Edgar fight, man. And, and I, But I understand, like, I don't agree with you, but I understand knowing your characteristics of what you like in your video games. And, <laughs> <laughs> so I know, like, you want, you want. The excitement and the Frankie flare, yeah, the the, the flash. Um, by the way, I just got God of War yesterday. I haven't played it yet. Man, I just I just started playing it. Yet. I finished Far Cry Five like two days ago, which is fucking amazing. Uh, Far Cry Five is excellent. Oh, I but, passed up on that. I got a Yakuza as my other game. I bought that too, but just, just so I can play with New Japan guys. God of War. I've just started it, and if you got a 4K TV, holy shit, looks amazing. Yeah, well, thanks to you and Fat Kid deals. I have a PlayStation Pro and a 4K TV. Exactly. So I'm sure my my fiance is just thrilled with you for being a great influence in my life. No, um, she didn't. When she sees me, she's like, "Don't like, yo, shut up." Thank you, dude. I buy everything. I've got I've got an Amazon problem. <laughs> yeah, you're putting me on to the problem. Um, what else did we see? We saw Kevin Lee in the main event, Edson Barbosa 
great fight. Kevin Lee dominated with his wrestling. Um, took the head kick, though. He was, he was looking funny for a second. The legs were real wobbly, but he managed to still take down Edson Barbosa, who I thought was gassed. You know, that, that head kick was, the spinning kick was the last effort by him. When it didn't knock him out clean, it was like, fuck, all right, man, whatever. Uh, and Kevin Lee came back, got the stoppage victory. My problem with Kevin Lee is this is several times where he can't make weight. One with oh. a legit excuse this time. Um, okay, both with an excuse, right? But how many times am I supposed to take excuses? Staff infection, all right. This time, some bullshit with the commission, they won't let you drop your towel or use a towel or come back and weigh in two hours after or something? Yeah, they don't follow the same rules. as Like, the problem with, the, like, the unified rules and the, and the athletic commissions is that they're all different in how they handle shit. And fighters and actually their managers should know better. And, and Kevin Lee ran out of time. So I'm not too mad about him missing weight. But you can't, like, you can't demand the title shot if you can't make weight. But then again, well, Khabib and the Mega Man. I, I was champion. just about to say Terry. <laughs> so, so who knows? <laughs> so you, you never know. But yeah, I think Kevin Lee was impressive. The fight went how I thought it was. Kevin Lee has a better motor. He has more ways to win. Um, and his wrestling was the big difference maker there. Him taking that head kick, though, was a little careless. And I'm surprised, you know, the fact that he was had the wherewithal to go for the takedown after being clipped like that was impressive. Um, and it makes it interesting, man, because I know Kevin Lee wants – everybody wants a piece of Khabib, but there's Dustin Poirier and there's Eddie Alvarez. Khabib I like should Kevin not Lee. fight until McGregor's back. I mean, yeah, well, you hold whatever. out for the check. But uh, but for Kevin Lee, I'd love to see Eddie Alvarez or I'd love to see him versus Dustin Poirier and the other guy fight Tony Ferguson. So I, I'm of the same opinion. Like, get him in there, man. Like, Kevin, Kevin's a good fighter. The, the, losing to Tony Ferguson is not a knock because Tony Ferguson is one of the best in the division. He may not be the champion now, but shit, man. Tony and he Ferguson didn't have this gas tank. The staff infection obviously did take a hold on. Absolutely. So. Um, lightweight division is just super crowded. It's it's crowded. Gaethje's having trouble winning fights. Like this is the best division in the sport. Hands yeah, I'll, I, yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. McGregor's still in it. People just forget that whole point. Khabib's an animal. Ferguson's on like a 10, 11 fight win streak or some craziness. Um, man, Eddie Alvarez had one hiccup. Poirier looked great. Uh, I don't want to see the Poirier-Alvarez fight again. You know, I, I would rather see, you know, Poirier take on Ferguson. And maybe we get Eddie versus Kevin Lee. Uh, so I, don't, I don't care how it shakes Give out. Me, just, just, any one of those combinations. Just pull that shit out of a hat. Yeah, I mean, and you still got Justin Gaethje. Like, a Gaethje-Barbosa fight I'd love to see. You still got Ally Akinta who jumped in on short notice. You still have Paul Felder. Like, you still got Anthony Pettis hanging around. So it's like this, the, the division is stacked with talent. Man. Yeah, I just want to see these guys fight. And I think they're going to keep on delivering good fights. Um, the other thing, more impressive, Aljamain's comeback win in dominating fashion uh, with the old Aljamain kind of mentality to just be a boa constrictor or David Branch's knockout. David Branch's knockout was more impressive. Um Aljamain was fighting Brett Johns, who was undefeated. Uh, but like, like I said on my betting show, I was like, Aljamain's going to win this fight. He's a, he's a very good grappler. Um, and Aljamain lost by a head kick to Marlon Moraes, who's one of the best bantamweights out there. So I wasn't surprised at what Aljamain did. Uh, Tiago Santos was knocking people out, and David Branch came out there and just peeled his cap back, which I didn't see that shit coming at all. <laughs> um, 
So props to him because, I mean, he needed the win. You know, to be coming over from World Series of Fighting with Justin Gaethje just losing. Uh, you look at the guys who came from Bellator who are losing. You look at the guys who came from World Series. And then you, you look at Branch, and you're like, man, are you going to win or are you going to be another guy who washes out? And you got a big win. Um, Tiago Santos is not like he's the, the, the best uh, welterweight, I mean, middleweight in the, in the UFC. But the guy hits hard, and he put him away. So I was impressed with that. No, definitely. Um I think Branch is back into the thick of things right if now. If that's what you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what else would you call it? Like, I don't know. It, it could have been uh, what's-his-face who just got sent to World Series of Fighting for a million-dollar tournament. Yeah. I mean, the thick, like the middleweight division is right, relatively thin. He should really be fighting a light heavyweight because it's so thin. Yeah. You might be right. There's like, some big-ass light heavyweights, but yeah. Yeah, maybe he was a two-division champion before. He picked uh, kind of the harder division to try to navigate. I, I think yeah. a move up to light heavyweight with what I would say is a lot less competition and more opportunity because they're they're yearning for new blood up there. You you have Gustafson just looking for a new matchup. You you go up, you fight Gustafson, and for some reason you beat Gus. You're you're in the title picture. You're number one contender. It's true. So I mean, I, a move up you know, would be great for him. So, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes um, in, in that regard. That's pretty much the UFC for this week. I'm not missing anything, right? Oh, well, the only thing you're missing is this week's huge fight between Fedor and Frank Mir. A fight what, that what year like... is this? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't oh, 2006. Shit, That's I was going to say, it's 06 again, baby. I'm a senior in high school. Living it up again. Uh, nah, man. This shit's crazy. It... Is it me or is this heavyweight tournament lost steam? I mean, it never had steam. It's just, it's funny. I thought people heavyweight. were excited when it was announced. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I looked at the names and I was like, really? This is your heavyweights? Well, I, mean, I like, thought Chuck you know, like was going to win it all. Yeah, like Killmonger. This is your heavyweights? Like, this, this is what you got? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm going to watch the fight because it's two legends, um, two short shot Hall of Famers. Not you, I, I don't even know what Hall of Fame they would be in. But uh, is it it the MMA Hall of Fame or is it just the UFC Hall? Of Fame? It's just the UFC Hall of Fame, and that don't mean shit because Frank Shamrock ain't in that shit. So it doesn't make I, I give no credence to the UFC Hall of Fame. It's just we're these are our friends, and we're putting them in this thing, kind of like the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, we're, but eventually the WWE because they ate up all the territories and they put everybody in there. But certain people like China, why is China not in the Hall of Fame yet? Oh, but she's whatever. gonna get in. I mean, she does you know a little bit of porn. They're not over it yet, but she'll get in. I'm just saying, it's just, you know, it's starting to get, the UFC is the same way. They're kind of petty in that sense. Uh, but anyway, Mir versus Fedor, who do you have winning this fight? Pick it with my heart. And the battle of the dad bods, I'm going to pick Fedor just because I want to see people get hyped for Fedor, Fedor in the finals. His uh, Mitrione not... fight with the double knockdown was weird as shit. <laughs> and he just couldn't get up as fast. It's, uh, Remind me of football when you play Meet Me in the Alley. It's the first man who rolls over that is going to win. And that's what that was. And Fedor was not fleet of foot. He could not get up. But I'll pick Fedor to beat old man Bod Frank Mir. You know, Frank Mir obviously has been much more. Uh, he's fought a higher caliber fighter recently. Yeah. And he should be more, uh, you know, just prime for this win. But I right, fuck that. If Frank Mir ain't on the juice, he ain't winning. I said. Um, well, there's two things, and we'll make it quick so we can move on. Frank Mir hasn't fought in two years since he got knocked out by Mark Hunt. 
Oh, um, damn. Yeah, that's, so he's been out for two years. Seems like which, yesterday. And Frank is 39, so I don't know how two years off does for a guy in his upper 30s. It could help. It could really get everything back intact. Fedor um, was off for like three, five, shit, five. Well, yeah, Fedor's also 41. Um, I'm picking Frank Mir because Mir's bigger. Fedor has problems with big heavyweights. Fedor's a small heavyweight, and uh, he just hasn't looked good. And I mean, everybody kind of waits for the old Fedor to come back, which will never happen. Um, The Mitrion fight, yeah, it was weird. But before that, Fedor, I believe, won five in a row. But if you look at who he beat, it's like, really? Like, dude, Pedro Rizzo? Like, are you serious? It's like the people that, that Fedor beat. And then Fabio Maldonado, that fight was a robbery. Um, so I'm picking, picking Mir. I, I think Mir, I don't know how he wins. I mean, it'll be interesting. Maybe he submits him. Maybe he gets him on the ground and submits him. But uh, I'm picking Mir in that fight. But, yeah, I, I really don't care who wins. Uh, it's just a heavyweight tournament with a bunch of guys. All right. The main headliner, the real headliner, Dylan Dennis. This is Kyle yeah, Walker. Is Dylan winning, that- a.k.a. Minnie McGregor? You know Connor's going to be there cheering on his boy. Hmm. No, you're not going with Dylan Dennis? Is he not? Uh, we'll s- I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen him fight. I've seen him grapple. So well, I'm just going to be here to watch it. <laughs> I want to know if he gets knocked out, if Connor goes in there and just carries him out of the, out of the yeah. cage. Like, like a newborn child. Um, all right. Time to talk wrestling. Woohoo! The exciting part of the show. Uh, no offense to Kanye. Fuck him. We have a pay-per-view coming up. I'm just going to call it pay-per-view. The greatest Royal Rumble is coming up this week. And it's on a Friday, 9 a.m. You guys don't miss it. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be at work. I try to request a day off. They say, get the hell out of here. You cannot stay home to watch wrestling. So, you know, I expected this shit. I will be at work on Friday. Um, But I'll watch it after I watch... Uh, what the hell am I watching? Avengers. So I'm going to watch Avengers, come home, watch the greatest Royal Rumble. So, packed day for me on Friday. Let's start off with... Wait, hold on. Did you watch Avengers already? No. I didn't uh, go to the... There was a screening here on Tuesday, but... I don't get invited I, to shit, so I wouldn't... <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going... What is that? Thursday night. Um, no, I'm actually going to go early in the morning. No, I'm going to go right after the greatest Royal Rumble on Friday. <laughs> so, it's, so, it's the afternoon You're and, watching Rumble live? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be awake. I mean, my daughter will be up. So I mean, yeah. but you never watch anything live. That's amazing. Then you start doing no- more stuff within your time limits. Yeah, if they do, I have nothing else to do. Like when I have family time and stuff like that, I don't watch anything live. But on Friday morning, like my wife will be asleep. I'll have my daughter. So I'm absolutely watching the Greatest Royal Rumble. I think the pre-show's at eight. I'm usually up at six. So yeah, I'll be watching this totally live. And as soon as it ends, I'm, you know, I, I stay right across the street from the movie theater. I'm, I got my, I have my movie pass card, so I don't have to pay for the shit. I'll jump up. The theater should be relatively empty, and I'll go see Avengers and not Max 3D. Oh, you're gonna do 3D? Yeah, oh, I love that. Shit hurts my eyes. I can't put it over my glasses. Well, I can't. It's a whole problem. Yeah, yeah. being blind, and I don't like shit flying at me. Grow up. Yeah, you're, grow- <laughs> you're watching something built for kids, and I gotta grow up. Um, all right, let's talk about Raw this week. To me, it was lackluster. It was whack. What does it even talk about? Ronda Rousey coming out of the end? Oh, yeah, I guess Ronda finally getting a feud, an opponent. Yeah, Ricky I mean. James, in which no, I knew her and Natalia are going to be Ronda's oh, bike. They're her training wheels. This is such, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not mad at it. 
but it's so transparent that Natalia's going to turn on Ronda. Like, we all know it's coming. Of course. We all see it's coming. But That's a SummerSlam feud, you think? Probably. It's a fine first feud to go for Mickey James and then go to Natalia. I just want to see how long Ronda's matches last. That's what I'm more concerned with than anything else. Is I she think it'll last like, long. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, but, um, yeah, that, I mean, the women's tag, I mean, whatever. Raw, with, dude, what was there to talk about on Raw? Raw was whack. Like, think, uh, well, Strowman... I mean, the Strowman match was was good. I guess Lashley's character is kind of flat right now. For, right for now. them, for them holding him out when they had him signed, they should have had a better plan. For him. yeah, I mean, but I mean, you kind of said this before. The Greatest Royal Rumble kind of put everything on this this weird ass hold. Like Lashley comes in, it's like, yeah, Lashley, what's the plan? We'll wait till after the Greatest <laughs> Royal Rumble in two weeks. So it's like he's on a treadmill for like two weeks, just doing shit, just like, throwing him into random feuds and matches. Like, yeah, just to put him on television. Doesn't make, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it's like, I think this Greatest Royal Rumble thing, I, I truly believe it was something that they put together and was like, yeah, we're going to put it on the network. Like that Beast from the East pay-per-view. Remember that one yep. that was in Japan? And it was like, cool, and we watched it and everybody moved on. This had be, kind of become its own monster. Like, it, it, was, it was like Greatest Royal Rumble, and I was like, oh, okay, that's great, doing something in Saudi Arabia. And now it's like this huge thing. I don't, I don't think initially... The plan was for it to be this big. I, I didn't think they wanted so it to be big. But yeah, this thing has grown legs. It just became WrestleMania part two. Yeah, well, one, because they booked WrestleMania with this in mind. So I hate the timing of it. Um, it all indications, dirt sheets, rumors, all that shit say that it's a 10-year deal worth somewhere around 200 mil. Um, so that's one show a year, 20 mil a show. I can't knock Vince for, for taking that. Sometimes you just got to take the bag and, and run with yeah. it. But it should have been maybe two weeks later instead of Backlash. Um, yeah. You know, replacing that. It, once, but once again, I think it blew up bigger than they, they really anticipated. It, it turned from a hokey 50-man Royal Rumble to, oh, shit, we got seven titles. Oh, shit, you know what? We booked our entire WrestleMania as a pre-show to this. Um. And then the superstar shakeup is just kind of the little snack in between. So it, it, it's weird. It put it, uh, it made everything stagnant. But I expect it to kind of be good. I expect uh, you know belts to change. We'll talk about that in a second, though. Um, we had the women headline Raw. You think that's like a little fist bump to sorry you guys can't come? Yeah, I think it was like, hey, guys, sorry you're going to be here. Uh, we'll be over there, and you guys can headline this Raw. That doesn't matter. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> my thoughts exactly. Um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn was entertaining. You know, I didn't actually like that segment. Really? I thought that it, shit was funny. Like, it was cool, but it felt, it, I don't know, something was off. Between Kurt and Sammy, and, like, Kevin's doing Kevin, but even, something about that segment just felt off. Like, I, ho- I hope they don't do this a lot. Um, and maybe they'll work, maybe it'll get better over time, but I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, when he, now I'm getting to the point where I feel like they're, everybody's treading water. Which sucks because I hope they have plans for everybody. But then when when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn start treading water, I immediately start going, "They should fight." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get antsy to pull the trigger yeah, on it. Yeah, and it, it shouldn't happen. If they have something to do, it shouldn't happen because I yeah. think they, they could be fun as a tag team. But when they're not doing anything, I'm like, the best thing they do is just beat the shit out of each other. But the last couple of weeks on SmackDown, when they were treading water, they found cool ways to let them fight, but not necessarily break up the friendship yet. Like, they just dangled a carrot in front of them with the, oh, one person gets the contract and blah, 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 you know? So it gave us the Sammy-Kevin fights we wanted without breaking up the tag team aspect. Um, and Heyman's promo. 
was the only other thing. And I wasn't feeling Roman's promo. I mean, God. It's a time to move. No, you got to give him the belt. Like, <sighs> we'll talk about this in a second. But I, I'm done with him chasing Lesnar. I'm done with that angle of things. He's not selling it to me. Because he can't. If he had to match Lesnar on the mic, maybe. He can't match Heyman on the mic. It's unfair. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, this whole thing has got completely out of hand. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, my Bleacher Report article on how to fix Roman Reigns will be up. Um, but, yeah, it's just this whole thing is like. Did you actually ridiculous. make a plan or did you just shit on Roman Reigns until you came to a very minuscule conclusion that he's unfixable? No, you can't fix Roman Reigns. You turn okay. him heel. I, I oh, mean, okay. All right. it's, it's, it's like. It's so brief, simple. It's simple, it's, but it's. It, it's his, it's history. But no, but it's history. Like I was I was doing this and that's how I came up with this idea in the first place. Hist in history, every big superstar of the last twenty years was a heel before they were a babyface. Mm, Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan was a heel. When? Before he was an ultra babyface and the yes movement started while he was a heel. Oh shit. I don't remember him being a Daniel Is that Bryan the Ziggler feud or something? Daniel Bryan uh, beat Mark Henry, cashed in the money in the bank. And he was a heel, and he aligned himself with AJ, and then he got his face kicked off by Sheamus, but he was a heel. Okay. And, and CM Punk, when he had his best run, because he, oh, he, yeah. he... CM Punk came in as a babyface. That, that, that uh, became very stale quickly, um, the whole straight edge thing. Uh, and then, remember, he was the champ, and then he didn't was get... straight edge supposed to be a babyface gimmick? Yeah, of course it was. Oh, well, for I him, thought that was a heel gimmick. <laughs> no, originally, originally him being straight edge was like a good thing. But then they used it to turn him heel when he feuded with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And then that turned him heel. And that, and then CM Punk, the wheels were, I mean, the training wheels are off and Punk went wild. He did the stuff he did in ROH. Edge was another person. Like after Edge and Christian, were, like he was a baby face. And then he got with Edge and Christian, they were heel. Then he was a baby face for a minute. And then he turned heel to get uh, the Money in the Bank titles. Rated now, our then, superstar. And that was his best run. So when he became a babyface, he was hotter than ever. Uh, John Cena was a babyface when he first came in. Faced Kurt Angle, that whole ruthless aggression thing. But the character was stale. They turned him heel to the Doctor of Thugonomics. So when fans, <laughs> fans were ready for was him he the to professor turn babyface, of Thugonomics, he was a are doctor. You, was he a doctor? We got. I got to check Thugonomics. his degree. <laughs> but yeah, but he was a heel, and the enjoyable part of his personality is what fans. Uh, grabbed onto so when they turned him babyface people were welcoming him Roman Reigns hasn't had a solo heel run yet and all heels even The Rock The Rock was at his hottest when he was with the Nation of Domination he turned face for a brief minute and then he turned heel at Survivor Series when he turned on Mankind and then he became the corporate rock and the corporate champion and he was the hottest thing the opposite of Stone Cold Steve Austin but yep. he had to go heel to do it and there's going to be people that say um, well, Roman Reigns was in the Shield. I, I, was, I was about to be that person. <laughs> I was about to say he was in the Shield. They were heel but faction, it, and it it's the hottest he's ever been. Yeah, but it, it doesn't count because he wasn't a solo star. Like you have to be a singles heel to develop your personality before you turn babyface and have a huge run. What happened was the Shield broke up. Let's shit. Seth Rollins turned heel, made him bigger than he ever was when the Shield were babyfaces. Like yeah. Seth Rollins was a bigger babyface as a solo act than he was just being a part of the Shield. The part of the Shield is great, but Seth Rollins need to have that solo dick run before he became a babyface, and now everybody's yelling, "Burn it down!" So the problem with Roman Reigns is he needs to have a heel run to get the title, because all everybody, with the exception of 
Mm, I'm trying to think of who didn't do it. I think John Cena was like the only one. Uh, and there was somebody else. But they all had their first title run as a heel. And then you become a babyface and people just like you more. Roman Reigns and the perfect and the perfect plan is to reunite the shield for Roman Reigns to turn on them. Like, uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. But I mean, I want heel Ambrose too. It's so uh, shitty. Of course, can we, we just all, have them all heels? Well, no. We want he, everybody wants heel Ambrose because he's stale as fuck as a babyface. But if you put the shield back together, right? Like, if you make Roman the champion and you put the shield back together for SummerSlam, you put him on a grand stage and you have an arrogant dick Roman Reigns who has the title and it's like, I don't really need y'all, and he leaves those guys high and dry, that'll put even more heat on Roman Reigns. Because Roman Reigns being part of the Shield, this, this, this fake reunion that they had late last year, was probably the most cheers that he's gotten in years. Yeah. So if you do that, that's how you turn him heel. You immediately put him in the feud with Seth Rollins, who's a hot babyface. But you've got to turn the guy heel. You can't keep letting him run as a babyface because we're never going to accept him be- until he's an asshole. Daniel Bryan had to become an asshole. The Yes Movement was born out of him being an asshole. CM Punk was an asshole. And now that we have legit babyface, and now that even Strowman's a babyface and can carry the company as a babyface, this is a time where you can afford to turn Roman here. No, it's just you can do it, but you're absolutely right. I don't know if they'd immediately jump right back into a Roman and Braun Strowman feud. That's why I think it'd be better to feud with the Shield because Seth, Seth can lose and it's okay. Yeah. But um, if you just need a baby face to carry the company, you got one now. Yeah. Like, like Braun Strowman is over. So you could turn Roman heel. Like anything, like you could turn him heel as soon as this or the next couple of pay per views. All well, except against Samoa Joe, because Samoa Joe is like your ultimate heel right now. But this is a one off, right? Because they're, they're a separate brand. So that's fine. Yeah. But to do whatever it takes to become champion and then be an asshole and be like, dog, I did it all by myself, is like the perfect heel move. That's a great like, gimmick. Yeah. And, and, and that's how you make him an asshole. You give him more personality. Because I think, I truly think Roman could be an excellent heel. Well, I they just, gave him a lot of fucking material. Like, if he can't be a good heel now, he's never going to make it. He can say stuff like, four years and I had nothing doing it McMahon's way for four years. I had nothing. The hell with you crowds. You booed me every week. All this stuff. He has so much material. Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways you can go with it. I just think turning on the shield is like the easiest way to draw natural heat and then you use everything else to further build the character but you also use the fact that he can't be, he couldn't beat brock lesnar and the fans have been booing him and you find a way for him to get over as champion and turn to the complete asshole champion like it's so easy because roman he looks like an asshole this smirk is an asshole like he he could talk like he could he plays the heel well even as a baby face let this man run heel and eventually we'll all want him to become baby face give it like two years and people will be like yo Roman needs to turn babyface again. We'll forget <laughs> all about this shit. Yep. Like, the only wrestlers... Him like, and Braun Strowman two years from now could have an incredible double turn. Yeah, the only... the only Like, the Hogan era is dead. The Hogan era, when you're a babyface, you just stay a babyface, and you become the champion, you just stay a babyface, that era is dead. Yeah. All the great superstars that have gone on to do big things have all had an impressive... Even Stone Cold. Stone Cold's the other guy who didn't get the titles to heel. That's the other guy. But Stone Cold was a fucking heel. His, His character was, was always heel. We just started but, liking the heel. But I'm just saying, like, he was the whole Bret Hart feud when it initially started. Like, when Stone Cold won King of the Ring, he was a heel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but, but with all heels, Kevin Owens included, um, they have person, personality traits that fans like. Like, the new era 
that this generation of pro wrestling fans like heels, but you got to let them be heels. And Roman Reigns, you got to let them be a heel. The fans will like them. You're forcing them down our throats as a babyface. The fans are never going to accept that. Let them be a heel. The Rock, one of the greatest heels in the business when he became a heel, until we started cheering him, and they were like, all right, fine, we can turn the babyface. And he was super hot. It works as like a clockwork. Yeah, it's easy, easy fix. I don't know why the McMahon's haven't thought of this yet. <laughs> Oddly enough, McMahon just refuses to do it. Um, all right, let's go through. Oh, shit didn't happen to SmackDown. Charlotte was there. Carmelo was there. Yada, yada, yada. Um, oh, Nakamura, Nut Punch. Nakamura's new theme. I didn't watch it on the show, so maybe that's why my opinion is different. I saw the music video on WWE's Twitter. I love that shit. Um, it's like, and I don't, not to say that I love LaBiscuit. But it's like a Japanese Limp Bizkit. Like, just going at it, just fucking crushing it. It still keeps enough hints of the original song. I will still be singing along to that shit because it's the same beat on the bottom. Or I'm going to learn Japanese and rap this whole shit one day on the podcast. But no, I, I think it's dope. It's going to make for a great live entrance whenever they s- decide to do that. And uh, it's enough of a change for his heel gimmick without going completely away from it. If he turns babyface two years down the road, you can bring it back easily. Um, I hate it. And do you hate the like, reason for it or do you hate the song? I hate the song. I mean, the reason for it, I, I know, like I said it from the beginning, it's like, how are you going to turn him here with that theme song? So I know they needed to change it. I didn't know what they needed to change it to, but it felt like to me that they were haphazardly trying to find ways to make sure fans didn't sing along. Like they were just like, all right, throw like do a scratch here and throw a rapper right here because now the fans can't sing along because they've, they've taken that element where it's open and the fans can sing out. So it felt kind of forced. Um, so I, I'm not a fan of it. I, maybe it'll grow on. That's me. also still the reason, by the way. Yeah. But yeah it's, you, so you hate you dislike the reason still like I mean, more than the I, song. Like you don't I, dislike the guy's rhyming. Or the extra hard violin. Well, now. there's nothing. There's nothing for me to dislike because I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Well, you got flow, um, so what? You gotta, this guy I mean, got flow. I, overall, I just feel like the the song. Like, there's a difference. Like when you change, like Dolph Ziggler's like record scratch is stupid. Like it's yeah. so dumb. Um, but I get like some guys. Like okay, like when The Rock turned heel when he was the Hollywood Rock, that felt like that was his, like greatest interest music when he had like the helicopter flying over and shit. Yeah. I love. But it, it was still the elements of the rock song. So I get what they were trying to do with Nakamura's theme music. They were trying to do everything in their power to stop fans from singing along that shit. Which is something they should have figured out with Bobby Roode's ass, because that's the only reason why he's a babyface, because his song is so over. Um, but overall, I just I, I don't like how it sounds when I'm watching Nakamura come out to me. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little grating to me, but whatever. Yeah, I don't mind it. It kind of sounds like an XXX Tentacion song or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck your kid's name is. Uh, in which his last album, shout out to Kaz, isn't horrible. Um, horrible person. Separate the art from the artist. That last album's not horrible. Um, but yeah, it, I, it sounds like he's speaking Japanese a lot of times. And him and this guy sound exactly the same. So <laughs> it's, it sounds like he just did a remix to Nakamura. So I'm not, not upset at it. Let's go through Greatest Royal Rumble. Quick prediction so we get up out of here. Since we talked about Trump for damn near an hour, and your boy Kanye Easy, um, where do we start? Let's start with a non-title match: Taker and Rusev casket match. I mean, Taker's going over. It's not really Rusev Day in Saudi Arabia like it yeah. is in the states. Taker's I feel like one of the princes, the Saudi Arabian princes, booked this shit. By the way, <laughs> they're like, "Yo, we're paying you twenty fucking mil. We're booking whatever we want. Let's have a casket match." 
casket match. We haven't done that in 10 years. What did I say? And Vince yeah, is just it's... like counting the money in the background. I give a fuck. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got the casket match. Cena versus Tri- Oh, I'm going Taker too, by the way. Yeah. Like, Taker's not going to get buried. No. Um, if he does, it's just going to lightning. He's going to strike the shit. It's going to set on fire. It's going to be a spectacle. Uh, Cena versus Triple H. I'm saying John Cena. Yeah, he needs a win bad here. And I th- he puts a lot of town over clean, but he doesn't need to put over Triple H. So he can go ahead and get the victory here. Unless Triple H is just Triple H. It's like, fuck you guys. I'm You're right. Uh, okay, I had no clue that this was a match. Cedric Alexander versus Kalisto. Cedric will retain. I'm, there's, there'll be no title change here. No, Cedric will win that. Uh, this is going to be a fun match, though. I hope so, yeah. I mean, two super talented guys. I hope they just let them go. Yeah, it'll be on a pre-show again, I'm sure. Um, Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos without Naomi because she's not allowed in the country. They yeah, can't so- use their only secret weapon. So clearly the Bludgeon Brothers will go over <laughs> on the Usos here. There will be no title change. I don't know how dominant the performance will be, but that's what I think is going to happen. Their only weakness is the chocolate flesh. Yeah. I don't mind, I don't mind that writing. Road Dog is still a hound dog. Uh, we have Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy versus Cesaro Sheamus. The Bar. The Bar is on SmackDown now. They're not going to take red championships. <laughs> so Wyatt and Hardy would. Yeah, I can't. I mean... I know sometimes they'll try to throw us, but not here. If Ray and Matt are going to be the champions, I'm going to hate every minute of it. But Start this is the it. broken universe. The tag team broken universe. Yeah. Um, we're going to see more, you know, Hardy-Wyatt compound shit. Because Wyatt's going to, you know, go into the lake in a tag team match. And since Abigail's going to attack his ass again, he's going to come back. Um, I, I see that already. We, we all know that's coming. Then we have Jeff Hardy, a.k.a. Brother Nero, versus... Jinder Mahal. Do they hinder Jinder? Yeah, I think whoever wins this match dictates who's going to win the Intercontinental title. Um, but I don't think they're going to take the title off of Jeff Hardy, just like I don't think they're going to take the title off of Seth Rollins. I'd be very surprised if they both just won them. So, yeah, I'm going with Jeff Hardy here. Just to break the monotony, not saying that it's going to happen, but you know what? It's something I've been thinking about, and I might as well make it my prediction on the show. Jinder Mahal beats Jeff Hardy. In front of the Saudi Arabian crowd, yeah, I mean, it's gender fucking Mahal, and gets the um, United States Championship, and he's holding United States Championship up in Saudi Arabia. I think that's, like, the picture that they want. That's why he's in the picture, the title picture again. So I I think he wins this. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not going to be too surprised. I just think Jeff just won it. But if you're, if you're right, then the title's going to change hands on the, uh, on the, uh, the IC title's going to change oh, hands as well. Oh, I'm going to get to that right now. Intercontinental match, ladder match, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and The Miz. And the winner mm. is The Miz. Guess his title back. Even though I would love Samoa Joe to win it. Yeah, Samoa Joe won't win it. It would be fun to see him win the title, but uh, I think Seth Rollins is going to retain. I know it's an easy pick. It just feels no, like Seth Rollins. Yeah. I just feel like he's he's the right guy to have a, like a, a lengthy run with the Intercontinental title on Raw. Like but, he's the right guy for the job. Yeah, to have two SmackDown guys versus two IC guys, it, it makes it easy to switch that title. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If I mean, they, if they wanted to, I just don't. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen. Either. Um, then we have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke punching the nuts Nakamura. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with AJ. I think I don't think it's time for Knox to lose just yet. 
I mean, not to win this title. He just turned heel, and I, I, I could see it happening, but I can't. I don't know, man, to be honest with you. I just, I don't think it's the right, I don't know if it's not the right place. Something doesn't feel right for the title to change hands right here. It feels like their feud is just really starting, and yeah. it doesn't really need the title to change hands. Um, I, can, I think Styles wins, maybe by DQ. We see, like, another dastardly thing, and Nakamura gets caught um, doing so. I could also see the spot where AJ Styles wears, like, the golden cup. Nakamura goes to do the nut shot and hurts his arm, and Styles is like, ha, ha, ha. He takes the cup out, throws it. Styles clash. Um, so I, I think AJ remains. What I don't want, I don't want to see these guys fight for the belts again at Backlash. Yeah, give them a break. I want them to take that off, just continue to build the feud, leave their feud off of Backlash entirely, and bring it back for Money in the Bank. Yeah, I, hope, I hope that's the case, but I, I, don't, I don't trust them. Yeah, so um, that's what I'd like to see there. But I think AJ Styles with the Nut Cup win this time around. Brock Lesnar, uh, let's go. Greatest Royal Rumble match first. 50 guys. Some of the guys in these matches we've already mentioned. Who wins it? Jesus, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel I, like Kevin going. Owens would be the guy to win this. But then it would be him and Sami Zayn. I feel like it needs to be somebody who can, who can really boast about winning it. I feel like it could be Kevin Owens, but I'm, I'm going to go out and let him say Kevin. Fuck it, why not? I'm picking Braun Strowman. Oh, Jesus. I forgot about Braun. <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably right. Braun Strowman and... Uh, fuck, how did I forget his name already? And Bobby Lashley, last two men in. Strowman, Gorilla Press, Lashley over the ropes. I don't think they're going to go that way. I don't think they want to bury Lashley this quick. Are you going to bury I think that just creates the feud. They were tag team partners. They're tag yeah, team but, partners for a reason. Well, you know what? Okay. Here's where I'll agree with you on this. It makes sense if they turn Bobby Lashley heel because he's better suited as a heel than a babyface. Yeah, I that's just, not a bad first feud for Lashley, but he's not going to win in the end. That, that's you the got, problem. You don't got to win as a heel, though, right? You can lose your first well, feud as a heel. It depends, man. It you depends. lose as a baby, you, you kind of get fucked, but you lose as a heel. It just depends on the plan for Bobby Lashley. If Bobby Lashley was to be a, a title contender, mm-hmm. Then yeah, he would have to find a way to win. That's why I think it's kind of too soon for this. So I, I, that's why I don't see it happening. I wouldn't be mad if they turned Bobby Lashley heel because I don't like him as a babyface. And you know, obviously Braun Strowman, they have no problem with him losing. No, they don't. They don't. But I don't think he Braun's in a weird spot because he only has only lost to Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. So it's like I mean, and if they push Lashley like that, then it makes sense. Like you, you yeah. don't lose this to monsters. If they push him like that, if they were to push Lashley like that. Um, to compete for the title, whether it's on Brock or Roman, they, it make it makes sense. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, but, but I, uh, I think I, I, to me, it makes sense why they would pair them together on Raw as a tag team. Because yeah. usually for tag teams, you know, you're going to end up in a feud. Like if you're not yeah. a real ass tag team, I think that the best question here is: Does this pay per view matter? And I guess that's where we're getting all our answers here. Does is this like a big house show, or is this like something that's going to have immediate impact on the on the WWE universe? I, I think it matters. That's why I predict the the belt changes. Yeah, you probably right. like. I think to me because WrestleMania didn't matter. Yeah, you could be. I mean, you could be one hundred percent right. Yeah, here. WrestleMania didn't matter. I think this does. Now the question becomes: Does backlash matter? Backlash doesn't matter outside of the women. Because they don't get shit to do this day. Does anything else there matter? And no. That's why I say give Knock the day off. Him and Styles. You guys get the day off. Um, just cut promos. Or maybe just have like Styles cut a promo and Knock attack him or something. You know? They don't have to have a match. 
They can be part of it without a match. Um, Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Steel Cage. Do we do we see color? That's where I want to start off. Do we get color again? Does Roman Probably. cut Brock the hard way? Probably. I think one of these guys is going to bleed. Um, it's time for Brock to bleed. And, and, and man, I, I, I went into this match thinking, well, I guess I'll give Roman the strap here. Maybe they don't. No, I, I think Roman has to win. You know why? He won't be booed in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, see, they're going to be I, so happy just to have wrestling. Yeah, that, he I won't be booed. That it makes sense for him to win it there because he won't get booed like he would have got booed at WrestleMania. But then he's got to come back to the states and he'll get booed Fuck as soon it, as he touches the American soil. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense if everything that's been reported is true. Like Meltzer said that the, the contract extension was for him to just drop the title to Roman somewhere else, which would be here. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, and I think people are actually grown, grown tired of Lesnar as a champion. So, yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't be. I'm gonna, I'll say Roman as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they can't put on Brock if they were going to run it back at Backlash for some stupid reason because then you can't have no title matches at Backlash. Um, yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, I guess I can see Roman win this. Whatever. Yeah, um, if Roman wins this, by the way, you'd have a title match at Backlash. With Samoa Joe. You're Correct. Right. You're right. So the, the champion would be present. Well, you know um, what? Yeah, that's projecting, isn't it? So, yeah, I guess yeah. Roman Reigns does have to win and defend his first title against Samoa Joe, who would threaten to take it back to SmackDown, which everybody knows wouldn't happen. No, so they... but that'd be the program. Your title would be on the card. Um, yeah, I like it. And he doesn't get booed. Because they're just happy as hell to see wrestling. True indeed. And, and they're not going to boo the, the tan man because he beat the white man. Like, that's going to get the biggest cheers of the night. Let's be real. This is, this is the best place to probably do it. Yep. Um, so, that's Greatest Royal Rumble. Long ass show. We had fun, though. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. We've got a ton of stuff to recap. We're going to probably start off with wrestling. And let's pray that, you know, Kanye doesn't say some more dumb shit to kind of give us a breather from that. I have no hope in that. I feel like Andreas is still going to keep his uh, Twitter activism alive and shut people down. I'm just going to be watching it with a bag of popcorn because that shit is entertaining. Uh, follow us on social media, at the corner LSM on all platforms. Me, at Kel Dansby, him, at Andreas Hale. That is our show for today. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We're out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.